by women, different backgrounds, in all stages of life. One message that we are all connected, connected in Christ. Hello, hello. Welcome to this episode of Connected in Christ. We are so very thankful that you're choosing to spend your time with us today. I am one of your hosts, Bridgette Heller, and with me, I have all the fabulous ladies of Connected in Christ, including Giselle Taylor, hey. Elizabeth Baker, hello, Karen Donson, Hi. and Tanya Bentley Ward. Hello. <laughs> and so with that being said, today we are starting with, well, I'm very passionate about this one, so I'm going to have to watch how many words I speak. <laughs> Because I could speak all day long about this subject. But we are talking about how the Lord works with us. Really, we're talking about how he works with us and through us. And some of the things that hold us back and stop us from hearing his will and word and way. And so we have all sorts of scriptures. Everyone's been studying up. And I'm really excited to open this up. We're talking about traditions. We're talking about perceptions. We're talking about boxes that we tend to put ourselves in. And how we release ourselves of these things. And honestly, I would say, when is it appropriate to? Because there are some traditions that maybe are healthy for us. So when are those things good? When are they maybe not good and holding us back and separating us from God instead of uniting us with him? So that is the subject today. You all know, if you've been listening, that every single one of us has a different faith background, a different upbringing. We're at different stages of life. and yet. Christ connects all of us in his word and ways. So that being said, who wants to open this up and speak the things of your heart? I'll go. All right, let's do it. So when I was studying about boxes, the Lord brought to me Moses's story from Exodus chapter four, and I'll be reading from ESV. And it says, then Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. For they will say, the Lord did appear to you. Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a staff. And he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, cut out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it and it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. So in the story of Exodus, Moses is constantly like, I can't speak. I got a stutter. I am not the one to go deliver your people. And I relate to Moses a lot because really what Moses is struggling with is a feeling of inadequacy. And that's the box that he has chosen to put himself in. And I've related to that in the past because I'm like, well, sometimes when I speak, I get a stutter. or I feel like maybe what I say is just not intelligent enough, so I'll stay quiet. But what I've noticed about the Lord is he always pointed Moses back to himself when he was feeling inadequate. And so whenever we start to get into these self-imposed boxes where maybe we're feeling inadequate or feeling insecure about the things that we have to offer, God says, I am who I am, and I am means multiple things it can mean i am your deliverer i am your provider i am your healer so when god says i am he's saying i am everything that you need and so for me when i'm experiencing the self-imposed box of oh i just can't do it like simply cannot just having one of those days for example today <laughs> i'm reminded that okay, God wants me to just surrender to him and allow him to lead me through whatever it is. And if God has called me to do something, he will fulfill that purpose for me. So that's what I've gotten boxes and what I've taken from scripture about the subject. I love that you said when he says, when God says, I am, he is saying, I am everything that you need. And I loved that because so I was thinking about how our box is even created. Um, to be totally honest, I'm writing a book right now and I'm 25,000 words into this. And one of the things I got super fiery about when I was writing this book was this subject, boxes. Because, and this book is primarily mindset, 
But this is the problem is that we see something, we hear something, we feel something, we think something. And within those quick second of all those things, our brains are so beautiful. Our bodies are incredible. We create a perception. And that perception is a box because us humans really, really, really like things in order, right? As an eternal divine being, he loves order as well, but he also understands when to move outside of that order. When is appropriate? When is something going to evolve from coming out of it? And I think as humans, I don't know, again, like we talked about love a couple episodes ago, I don't know that we have that ability fully. We really want it because we're always seeking to evolve. We're seeking the evolution and becoming. And so we create this box and where our world is rock when that box actually is not what we first thought, right? How many times have you thought something of someone because you had think, feel, see, happen, box, bing, done. And then someone else tells you a whole different version of that person. Like, well, did you know that they went through and they'll list their story or there's, and your whole box now has to shift. Your perception has to shift. And that movement can be very jarring. But what I've learned is that this is the story of the Bible, actually. This is literally what God's doing in the Bible. He takes these very, very imperfect people who have all their boxes, and he's like, mm, let me let me do my work here. Let me do this thing. Um, and so I love that you said that because so often when we're called to step out of our own perception, step out of our own habits, step out of our own way, we think we have to do it alone. But anytime God calls us out of the box, he's also saying, I am everything you need. I've got you. So I love that, Taryn. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, thank you. Because as you were speaking, Taryn and Bridget, I was actually thinking about this morning. So I like to go to workout classes with other women my age. And you know, I just go to whatever is going on. But part of the wrestle that I have when I go to the gym, it really is that comparison game. And I have these thoughts and feelings that are constantly going through my mind. And I notice them and they drive me crazy and I hate them. And I don't want to think them because they're either making me feel bad about myself or I'm actually cutting somebody else down in my mind when I don't know their story. I don't know where they're coming from. And then I kid you not, and maybe the Lord was just preparing me for this podcast today. And But today while I was at the gym, this lady, I don't know who she is, she came in and she stood right in front of me. Okay. And so when you're at the gym and you're in these workout classes, a lot of times you like to see the mirror. You like to look at your form. You like to see what you're doing. You have to be able to see the instructor. And so I go in, I have my spot and she comes and stands right in front of me. And all these awful, awful thoughts were starting to go through my head about how awful this woman was. Come to find out, she was her first time going there. She doesn't know. She's just, she just wants to be there. She just wants to participate. She's not even thinking about me. And she's not wanting to get after, or she's not trying to offend me or anything like that. And so as I was working out, I'm having this dialogue with Heavenly Father in my mind, thinking, how can I get these thoughts out of my head? They just pop up in there, right? Like anybody can have any thought and we can't always control the thoughts that go into our mind. But then as I was having a discussion, I realized, oh, just think about Jesus. Stop thinking about her and just start thinking about Jesus. What is he like? What would he say? And I started really focusing my thoughts on Jesus. And those other thoughts that were popping up in my head, they went away. And I was enjoying myself better. I wasn't worried about her. I didn't know she was new at first, right? But it wasn't until afterwards I realized, oh, she just showed up with her friend and her friend was standing right there. She didn't know where else to go. So she just stood there. And I just had so much more sympathy and love for this woman who just showed up to work out and she was there just like I was, right? And so one thing that helps me get out of my box and out of my head with these, whether it's about myself or somebody else, is just focus on Jesus, and what his character is. And those thoughts, you really will step out of that box that's limiting you and holding you back. I like how you mentioned, Liz, we can't always control the thoughts that go in our head. And I wrestle with this a lot. And I've had mentors in the past tell me that we may not be able to control our thoughts, but we can always take them captive. And so when I realize that, okay, I am putting myself in this box or I'm putting somebody else in a box and I don't have an accurate view of the situation 
I have to ask myself, okay, does this align with, there's this verse of Philippians where Paul's like, fix your minds on things that appear that are worthy of praise and so on and so forth. I have to ask myself, it's like, okay, is this, first of all, is this even true? Is this worthy of praise? Is this all these things? And I have to like, okay, do that switch. Be like, all right, let's make that switch here. And be like, all right, I'm having this thought. Let's let's take a step back and then rewire and then go forward and then the right thought. So I like that you brought up that sometimes, you know, it is really hard to like control those come into our we you know, we have to choose our ultimately, especially when we're dealing with the boxes that we put ourselves and others in. Yeah, because the thing is, is our brain is wired to be fear-based. It's what keeps us safe. So our brain is always going to come up with the like, ah, first, right? Like if Liz can't see the mirror, how will she have the right form? And then she won't be in shape. And then, oh my gosh, it's all going to fall apart, right? And also it doesn't help when you're going into it with a bad attitude. Like you're just, I went to the gym this morning. I had a lot of anxiety. I had a lot of overwhelming feelings about what's going on in my personal life. And I was feeling bad about myself. And so when she stepped in front of me, I started feeling bad about her because it was just projecting what I felt about myself. And so this woman, she was so kind and she was so beautiful. But those thoughts, because I was in such a bad mood and had bad thoughts about myself, I was projecting, I was nitpicking her. I was judging the way she looked. And I realized, you know, I just felt like crap. And so as I realized what was going on, as I allowed the Savior to take control of my thoughts, it was just this beautiful moment of finding a little bit of peace and love that actually benefited me. Like this internal struggle, this poor woman had no idea what I was thinking. Thank goodness. She was just doing her thing and she was not suffering. Thank goodness. But I was. And it's just so powerful how Jesus can do that for us when we allow him to take control of our thoughts when we turn them to him. Because our thoughts will always project fear, but God will always project love. And so when we take that in, then your projection totally changed, right? Oh, totally. Uh, And I felt better about myself too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were transformed because you got outside your box and allowed the Lord to create a new new way of being. Um, I keep having, I'm telling you what, it's been, I think all of us, just so you're, if you're listening, if you're going through hard stuff, just know usually it means the Lord's refining you for something new, a new evolution, a new transformation. And getting to the point where we're all sitting here talking to you has been hard to say the least. Like I'm giggling and like laughable hard. It's been so ridiculous. So many things have happened to each of us individually. But as I've been struggling and preparing and struggling and preparing, the scripture kept coming through my head. And this is a King James Version, Luke 22, um, 31, 34. And it says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Oh my gosh, I'm going to get emotional. But this Satan hath desired to have you, his Every time the struggle comes up, it's like the Lord is saying, Bridget, Satan wants you. He knows this work you're doing is important, but I've got you. I've prayed for you and I will strengthen you. And that when you, when thy faith fail not, when thou art converted, then you'll be able to do this work. Then you'll be able to strengthen thy brother. And I cannot tell you so many times I've literally said to my kids when they say things that are like, oh, I can't even right now. I'm like, Satan desires to have thee, like, knock it off. We're not doing We're not, because it's been that intense. And I think, like I said, I'm passionate about this box thing because boxes keep us in bondage. And that is exactly what Satan wants. He wants you so stuck that the, you believe that the Lord can never free you. I had myself in many boxes that, I didn't even know I had defined until I was starting to trying to tear my walls down. I had a box around my history, how I grew up and the people that I grew up with. I had a box around the new people that I was meeting. I had a box around my corporate world and work and the job that I was doing. I had a box at church and I had a box at home and I was a slightly different version of myself in every single one of those places. 
I didn't realize how fragmented I was by not being able to fully bring myself to every single one of those places. And it works specifically, this story keeps coming up, the perception of, I never felt like it could be honest about what I had going on at home because I didn't believe and had heard other people talk about how, oh, that poor woman, she's got this going on or whatever. She's taking care of a disabled husband and she's not going to be able to do this work. So let's not give it to her. Or maybe we need to think about letting her go. Or there's this fear that if you're completely honest with where you are in your life, that someone else is going to judge you and and measure you against what you've got going on. So you hold back from sharing where you are. So I had a lot of walls that I had to start knocking down. And specifically, as I was starting to share my journey on social media, I realized I've got people on here from work and from church and from my past and from my future. And I'm going to have to start being completely honest in all areas of my life in order to feel fully aligned with where I'm trying to go. So the boxes are large. I can relate to that, Tanya. I compartmentalized each part of my life. So I kept teaching my career away from being a friend, from being a wife, from being a mom. And so if I kept everything in its neat little box, I did not have to explain what I didn't know. And that often allowed me to be like, okay, I can be present in this moment for this box. I prayed through all of those situations and all of those boxes, but I'd never let them bleed into each other. I always thought I had to keep my faith away from all of that. So it had its own box as well. And that brought me to a hospital bed on New Year's Eve 2020. And I relate to this Bible verse in Jonah chapter two. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, I called to the Lord in my distress, and he answered me. In my friend's Bible, her and I were reading this together. It says, I called the Lord in my great trouble. My great trouble was being put on that hospital bed. And I, we was 2020, so I wasn't allowed to have anyone in the room with me. And God, I could hear him say clearly, when is enough and enough? And when are you going to allow me to be in all of those boxes? In that moment is when I said, fine, I surrendered and I had to give it all to him and say, okay, how do I bring you in all of those boxes? And as you peel back those layers or bring down those walls, you start to see that God is in all of that because we all have that biblical foundation. If we are kind or loving, you are Christ-like. However, how's that going to show now in all of the boxes? And so for me, reading that verse, I was like, whoa, I did that. I called in my great trouble. I had to call on him. And when I allowed him to come into those boxes, it allowed me to slowly bring all of those things together. And now I can have those conversations with friends. Now I can pray over my friends if they need me. Now as a teacher, I can pray over my students and their classes. And it's even allowed me to see how I wanted to change my environment. So I went from working at a public school to a charter school. Now I'm at a Christian school. And I don't have to make those drastic changes, but when I allowed those boxes to come together, it allowed me to grow into these new experiences that allow me to speak God or allow me to bring God into every situation. Mm -hmm. All of that. I also ended up in the hospital myself in 2018 for the same reason. And one of the boxes, as you were talking about that, as far as praying was concerned, was because I hadn't been going to church and I hadn't been reading the Bible. I didn't know how to pray. And I thought prayers, the box that I'm talking about, was thinking that prayers were scripted. And so I struggled with the serenity prayer. And I would say that, but I was like, is that really a prayer? Is that in the Bible? I've never heard my pastor read that. So I really struggled with thinking that prayer needed to be something that was scripted because everything that I was doing that I'd grown up in church up to that point the prayer was scripted. It was read from the Bible. So God did and has granted me serenity to accept the things I can't change, change the things that I can and have the wisdom to know the difference. So I think that helped me, that prayer that I didn't believe was really a prayer helped me knock down some of my walls, same areas. That's really cool, Tanya, because by knocking down the wall, the prayer then actually meant more, right? Because it had some truth behind it. You understood it now. Versus if you'd only stuck in that box, it never would have had the deeper meaning. 
there. And I was just thinking, Giselle, as you were telling that story, I remember you and I had a conversation a long time ago and you said, I know school and God are separate, but if people think that teachers aren't praying for their students, they don't know what's going on because that's the only way you get through the day and do it well if you're a teacher who's like there and present and loving and healthy. Like if you're healthy, there's prayer involved. So and I that's just, part of when our Ten Commandments was in the last couple episodes, because if you put God first, it leads into everything. And then you can show up and be a better person for that. You mm-hmm. can pray over your students. You can pray over your friends. You could pray over the lady at the gym, like, Lord, help her figure this out so I can see myself in that mirror. Like whatever it be, we're constantly in prayer. And it's so funny because I was on Instagram last night and there was a reel that someone was recording at the mall and a guy walked in front of him and he goes whoa that guy does he not realize we're recording and the guy he was interviewing said whoa why are you jumping to assumptions you don't know what that guy's going through you don't know his situation you don't know if he's thinking of something and didn't even see us and how oftentimes does that happen how many times do we just go to a quick to assume and we don't realize what that other person is going through and so it's that compassion and as we live these live in boxes how many of us have the same journey or a similar one and so we're putting it in boxes so we not may not be able to communicate with one another because it's in another box it's not in the box you're in it's in the other box so i'm not going to share that struggle with you because they're not supposed to and i'm glad you said that about the prayer too because even though because i had the issue with jesus and god in the corporate world even though you may not feel comfortable talking about God or Jesus at work, you can still pray for your coworkers. So, 100%. I had to learn that as well in my field of work. I work in mental health and I'm also a grad student. I'm getting my master's in social work. And we talk about a lot of things that are really tough because of people's lives, people's struggles. And I've had to really step back and be like, okay, there's maybe it's, you know, I can't change that this person may feel this way about their situation, but I can pray. And that's how I can remove that box between me and everybody else. I feel like that sometimes, particularly in school, being a social work student, we learn about a lot of topics that can be like polarizing. There are a lot of hot mutton topics like gender identity and race and income inequality and we learn about all these things and there are people in these polarizing like sides of the fence and it's like whoa I'm not I'm not over there I'm kind of over here and so I find myself putting myself in a box and even putting my classmates in a box like they are wrong they're this but it's like but wait this is a human issue and it's there's more gray than I realize and so sometimes the solution to something that difficult is to just pray and so I really like that you guys mentioned prayer and how important that is and evaluating the boxes that you may have in your career or in your personal life because that's been really helpful for me it's like that prayer is essential like how do I navigate this and also talking to people that know more and know better before I really had a lean on my mentor in my first year of grad school because we talk about all these like really heavy things and I'm not actually like hey here's my opinion you know so I've really had to lean into people that know more and can tell me like you can love through prayer and you can love in other ways versus like just outright you know speaking if that makes sense but oh that that totally makes sense Jared. I love that what you just said love through prayer Oh my goodness, we got to write that one down too, because Taryn, that was so beautiful. Because as you were speaking, you brought up a really good point. Our world is so polarizing right now. And for whatever reason, because we think differently, I think the opposition or Satan is really using that against us. And so he's trying to stir up contention and hate and making us think that just because we think differently, that we have to fight and there can't be love. And so... One of the prayers that I feel like I've been trying to pray more and more when I start to feel anger or contempt towards somebody else because they are doing something that I wouldn't do, or maybe they're just doing things that really aren't that great. 
But what I try to pray is, Heavenly Father, please help me see them how you see them. Because if I can see them how you see them, I will know whether I need to walk away. Do I need to just let them speak and just listen? Is there a message that you would have me give them? So we're turning our thoughts back to God and back to Christ. And when we do that, those feelings of frustration or contempt or whatever, they really do start to fade away. It's just so natural for us to put people into boxes. That's just what our brain does. Our brains are literal computers almost. And we want to compute what's going on. We want to make sense. And when something doesn't make sense, our brain's first reaction is to reject it. Just to reject it and stay away from it. But when we pray, it's almost like we're overriding our brains. It gives our way to override what our brains naturally want to do. So when we kneel before God and say, Heavenly Father, please help me see them how you would how you see them. There's just this peace that comes over me and realizing that God is in control. He knows their hearts. He knows their intent. So if I can just listen to him through the spirit, I will know what to do in this situation, whatever that may be. I just I love that. I love that too. And as I mentioned, super fiery about this particular issue. And I think probably because for so long, the boxes were the struggle for me, right? So I know this intimately well. And then when you start to work through something, really understand how hard that was and you get a passion for it. And I was fiery about it. I think to my poor sons, my kids, they put up with a lot, but I was just like, why do we do this? And then I was you know, just like, what the heck is wrong with us? Even though I know, like you said, Liz, that our brains work like computers and I know how our thoughts work. And I, I know because I've studied and learned this, but I still get frustrated with it because I want more. I want more for those I love, which it's basically anyone in my world. You come into my world, you now know we're best friends forever. Like, you know, so I want that for my people. And I, again, my lucky sons got to hear me rail about, I'm like, we have a pattern from the beginning. Like Eve broke out of the box. She didn't even stay in the box for like any time at all. The Lord gave her commandment and she was like, and let's go anyway. But literally instantly. And I love Eve because she was deceived. So I actually pulled up the scriptures because I wanted to make sure I had it right and correct. And this is King James Version. Shoot, I don't know where it is, what chapter in Genesis, but verse one, right out the gate. The serpent was more subtle, it says. So like literally some of the way that Satan keeps us in boxes is by giving us a half truth. He's really, really good at that. And so then that confuses us. We don't know what we're supposed to do with this information now. And so he said unto her, when he was kind of talking through her, he said, you should surely die. It's like, you're not going to die. Even though God had said, you will die if you eat this fruit. Satan said, you won't die. You will be as the gods. Like you're going to know good and evil. You're going to have a different thing here. And, and um, so she took it because she was like, oh, I'm not going to die. And I'm going to have now this new understanding of good and evil. Well, yes, yeah, she was going to die because literally that fruit made her more human i don't understand specifically how that worked but it changed her can i give some insight into the word die so in scriptures when god says you will die what he's talking about is a spiritual death so he what he was telling adam and eve is if you partake of this fruit you're going to be cut off from my presence so when they were in the garden of eden they were living in the presence of god but when they took partook of the fruit that kick them out of his presence and that's how they died so Satan was right in some ways in the fact that they didn't actually die in the sense of just disappear no longer in existence so they they still existed but god's truth is no you're going to be cut off from my presence so that's how satan works it's a really good example how satan will take truth and twist it and and conform it to his own like manipulate it so he can manipulate others he is so, so subtle. And what I love about Eve, though, is that she owned it. When God talks to her, she's like, yeah, he deceived me and I did this thing. And, and then God, of course, provides a way for her to get back to him because that's what the Lord always does. That's why we have a savior. That is how it works. And so I loved, loved, loved her example because she understood that there might be consequences. She also understood that if I take of this, there's going to be other things that open up. And and I think she must have used her intuition to know that that needed to happen. So Eve is our perfect example of like, 
it might not always look pretty or seem pretty, but God makes it right. He does every time. As we're talking about this, I look down at my Bible sitting in front of me and there's this thing that I'm like, I have to talk about it. In the book of Jonah, chapter one, God tells him, get up and you got to go and deliver this message. And he's like, yeah, no, thanks. And flees. And that's when he runs to a ship that is going to another place that's complete opposite of where he needs to go. And he's running from God because he's running from his presence. Jonah, this is chapter one, verse three in the uh, New Living Translation. Jonah got up to flee from the Lord's presence. And I wrote on there, but God is everywhere. So why would he think he could flee? And so, because I talk to myself as like going through my scriptures and I'm like, and I literally in bold letters and it's highlighted, but God is everywhere. Why did he think he can escape his presence by going a completely different direction? And so this kind of ties in with our boxes. We kept everything separate because we can't let faith bleed into your career. You can't let it bleed into your friendships, but God is everywhere. We have to allow him to come into those spaces and those boxes. And so, um, yeah, like that's mm-hmm. kind of, that was that, I, I didn't hear that. Reminded me of the, when I, then I phase that I was in, I don't think a lot of people were in, when I graduated from high school, when I live out of my parents' house, then I'll be happy. When I graduate from college, I'll be happy. When I get married, when I have kids. And I think that's us running away from God when he's always there. And it doesn't matter where you're at. You're never going to get somewhere physically, mentally, or emotionally that's he's there in exactly the same place just like you said Jonah was trying to run away it doesn't matter where you're going um and when I then I face that that feels like a whole box in itself well and I love Jonah because if God can use Jonah who's such a stinker surely he can use us right like Jonah was a prophet so he couldn't have been the worst human on earth and yet he's running away and running away and scared and like these people aren't going to transform they're just going to kill me like I'm not doing that But God knows, God knows he's everywhere and he knows the people and he knows the heart and he knows what's going to happen. And sometimes maybe the transformation won't happen, but he calls because he knows it will transform you or maybe it'll transform someone later. Like he knows the pieces we don't. And so I love, I love Jonah. I also love Peter. I've come to love Peter. He used to drive me crazy because I didn't understand. And then it was like, oh, you don't want to understand because you're too much like him. (laughs) Okay. So, like, I love, love Jonah because the stinker, but we're all that. We're all running. And at some point, we're all running. And how oftentimes, because we're running or we are keeping everything separate, we miss out on some good stuff. So, once I allowed those boxes to go down, I was able to share a little bit. And um, last year, I was in Oklahoma. I was serving in the kids' ministry there because I just was like, well, if I start serving, it'll help. And when I did, I saw there was like some issues within the ministry. And I was like, hey, on behavior stuff with like the kids and having the education background. I was like, hey, why if we like tried this with the kids or what if we tried that with the kids? And I was so happy that the youth uh, pastor for that, for that ministry was so willing to listen and took down notes. and was like, OK, I love that. Thank you. And from that, he saw that I wanted something more and was able then to nominate me for the school of ministry that they host there. And had I never allowed myself to step in and be like, hey, what do you think? And allowed my world of education, my career, my background, go together with my faith. He saw something more there. And I was now able to join the school of ministry and lead an intense 10 minute program of leadership and learn deeper and learn and spiritually grow and mature. And so had I never stepped into that, I would have missed out on this phenomenal opportunity and you never would have been here either I think for every single one of us there's a moment if we hadn't yeah if we hadn't chosen to step outside the box in some way we wouldn't be here right 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 now when I started the strong and capable the Lord made it very clear it was not a Christian platform and that broke my heart because that's where I'm comfortable specifically in my religion like all my all my research, all my education, so much of it has been focused on that. And so then I had to learn a new way of speaking, a new way of being. And it was, it has been, if you've been my friend for a while, I have cried to you about it. It's been a thing. It's been so hard, so hard. 
But because he did that, it opened my understanding to what he really wanted me to do and needed me to do. And then led to one connection, another, another, another. And now we're all sitting here. And, you know, even that comes to our boxes of religion I want to specifically bring up. So often we're scared to talk about our religion and someone else's religion because they're different. And what if it gets uncomfortable or what if it gets weird? But if you're listening, has any of this been uncomfortable, like a single episode? No, because we have chosen to take down the walls of that specific belief, that specific box. And because of it, it's opening up. I mean, my faith is so much more, I feel well, like well-rounded and deeper because of all of you and the discussions we've had together. And I am so very thankful for that. And that's what God does. He transforms us outside of the box every time, every time. I love it. So thank you, ladies, for taking down those walls. Well, I going along with that, I think to you guys trying to teach us that we're far more alike than we are different. And if there is anything that this bill or recording these podcasts has taught me, it's really that it's really easy to find the similarities between people, especially when Christ is at the center of all of our desires and hearts. It's really, really easy to find those similarities. Um, it, it also made me think, so I'm a huge movie nerd. I love a good movie. And one of the movies I actually love, love, love are the Star Wars movies. Yes, I am a t- total nerd at heart you guys and i absolutely love episode seven eight and nine and in episode i believe it's eight they're on this planet and two of the characters are talking and it's dark it's nighttime there's these raids coming down and what they're both trying to fight for freedom and though one guy is just really distraught he has given up a ton of hope and he's like why are we doing this like we're not gonna win we're all alone in this. We're such a small in numbers. Like we're just going to get defeated. And this woman goes, no, we're not. The enemy just wants you to make you feel like you're alone when you're not. Because it's a lot easier to defeat you if you think that you're by yourself. And so when we come together, we're starting to realize, oh, it's not the Savior keeping us apart. It's Satan that puts these lies into our minds thinking, oh, we got to stay in our box. We got to stay in our religion. We got to stay in our own separate churches or faiths because you're different. And when he does that, he weakens our power on this and our influence. And it actually weakens Christ's influence on this earth, right? And so when we break that box apart and realize, oh, we're a lot more similar than we are different, Satan hates that because when then he started to see that we're coming together and we're being strengthened through Christ. And we're being united and that we don't have to go to the exact same church to be strengthened in that way. We truly are all connected in Christ. Truly, we are connected in Christ. And I think going back to, I just wanted, because our brain really does scientifically work like this. Different will bring up fear for our brain because different might be unsafe. And our brain's primary function is to keep us safe. So when you talk about different religions, if someone acts a little different or takes a sacrament a little bit different or uses a different kind of word because they've studied out of a different Bible, for our brain, instantly that's going to bring up like, oh, shoot, it's different. And I don't know that. And so it might not be safe. So if you're listening, please, please, please see us, see what this is and know that you are safe, that Christ is your safe harbor. And if you're connecting in Christ, there is safety there. I also encourage everyone. In those moments, ask questions. Ask, ask, what, why do you guys do that? What is that? What does this mean? Or even within Bible verses at your own church, ask, what did, it, what did that mean? Or did somebody else perceive that a little different? If you get insight from each other, it will help you grow and lean on one another that you don't have to do this alone. And asking those questions might seem gutsy or they might seem out of line, but you're not. If you ask respectfully, you'll get an answer that you're like, oh, okay, now I understand versus assuming and then putting judgment on another religion, on a church, or even the Bible. So I encourage you guys all to ask those deep, challenging questions. Amen. That was good. And speaking of asking questions, don't be afraid to not know something. There's a lot I still don't know about um, unity and what Christ really, the picture Christ really had for the church as a whole. There's still a lot that I don't know, and I'm still learning just like we all are. So don't be afraid to ask those questions and 
don't be afraid to not know something because it's really okay. Like we're all on this journey towards Christ together. I just wish the listeners that were not looking at the podcast could see us all shaking our head yes when everybody's talking. We're always in some sort of agreement. So I have this verse. That's why I was like, I kept like turning my mute on and off because I was like, wait, what is it? What is it? I was like trying to find it. But it's in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds us up in love. And that was from the ESV version. Every one of us, regardless of our background, is a part of Christ's body and we all have something to offer and we all have an important part to play in bringing others in because that's really what it's about. It's about the Great Commission, making disciples, baptizing the Great Commission, which is to make disciples of all nations. Woo, words. (laughs) Baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bringing others to him and making us one in love. So... That was on my heart. I just wanted to find the verse because I was like, where is it? And so I found it as an Ephesians, but. I agree, Tanya. I wish that everyone could hear the head nods. We, so for those listening, I love to give backgrounds because it's interesting, right? So we keep ourselves on mute. And part of why we do that is because we get so excited that we would all be talking over each other passionately about these subjects. And so this is like a signal to us of, okay, Giselle's got it. She's got this next segment. She's got something to say. Um, And it helps us keep things in order because we get so excited. And I love that. But also I agree, like the head nodding, the aim, like for all of us, our hearts are in agreement here. And thank you for sharing that, Taryn. I was thinking about something Elizabeth told me a few weeks ago that has really just, I don't, Liz, you don't even know how many people I've told this to, but (laughs) She said, you know, what I've come to understand is that regardless of religion, if someone believes in Christ, when he comes again and he's on this earth, if he says, do it this way, every single person is going to do it that way. They believe in him. They love him. So when he's here and he's like, this is how it goes, like, it it might be different than my religion, but I'm going to do what Christ says, (laughs) you know, like, because it's Christ. So she said, if we have a heart of believers, that is really what makes us all the same because our goal is to follow Christ. And when Christ comes again, we will do that, whatever he asks. And I loved, I loved her view of that and her thought because it really is an open heart of, I see your heart. I see your intention. And seeing each other and that intention and that heart is another connection to Christ that really deepens that love and understanding for each other, I think. So good job, Liz. Well, thank you. You make me sound so wise. But the reason why you are wise. Oh, you missed no, but thank you. I the reason that I came to that realization is actually when we were at this retreat at Bridget's house, actually, and there was like seven of us women, and we're all different churches and beliefs. And I was pondering this. I believe the way I believe because I feel like that is what's getting me back to my heavenly Father after this life. And I feel like we all kind of have that same belief. And I've been pondering this and I, and it was kind of upsetting me just a little bit thinking like, how does this all work, Heavenly Father? Like, how does this, how does salvation come? I was asking these questions and I'm thinking, it doesn't make sense in my mind that certain people, just because that maybe they're born into a certain church, that they'll, they're going to be saved and nobody else is going to be saved. And it just doesn't, it was never sitting right with me. And I just, I feel like the spirit just spoke to my heart saying, it's okay, Jesus, Jesus is in charge of the salvation part of this life. And we got to trust him. And I just had this almost, it wasn't a vision. It was just kind of like this thought. And I I could picture Christ coming and all these wonderful, beautiful, faithful people standing in front of him, worshiping him. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, he's got this. He has got this. These people, they have a willing heart. And that is what Jesus asks of us is having a willing heart and he'll make up the rest and he'll help us. And when Satan is bound and he's no longer like clouding our vision, tempting us, making things so chaotic that we're trying to swim through, 
Like sometimes I feel like this life is just a big swamp that we're just trying to like forge our way through the swamp and it's just getting heavier and heavier, right? And when all of that is lifted, I think we're going to be overwhelmed by the amount of love that we have for each other, the amount of love that Jesus has for each and every one of us. And when that day comes, we're going to be so united in what we need to do that all these little details that we tend to argue over and debate about, about what's right and what's wrong and all this kind of stuff, Jesus will let us know. And I really believe that we will come together and, and Jesus will be, I can't need you to do this, this, this. And we're going to be like, okay, let's do it. And we're going to link arms and we're going to get it done because we're going to feel nothing but love for each other. And I just have to believe in that. Okay. I just, I just do. And yeah. And that was like an answer to prayer when I had that realization when the spirit spoke to my heart in many ways saying, it's okay. I got this. Jesus has this. We got you. I love that we'll link arms. I'll definitely be in guard with you even now. <laughs> Yay! I love that. I love the imagery of just linking arms. Because like, sometimes I feel like until the second coming comes, whenever that's going to be, I'm not one of those people that I'm not going to, like, I don't know when, but I think that it's coming. And I feel like in the meantime, this big, massive tidal wave of confusion is going to come hit us. And I just, I just picture so many people just linking arms and like putting their heads down. And just like taking it because we're going to be strengthened by holding on to each other and linking arms and like connecting everybody to Christ. Like that's where the power is. And we'll be able to face whatever the world has, whatever Satan is going to be throwing our way. Like he can't stop us when we are connected in Christ. He can't stop that. And he hates that. And he throws fits about it. And he makes your life more miserable because he's just going to fit in your face because you're like, I don't want you, Satan. I'm not going to listen to you. And so he's going to be like, fine, take that. And so I just picture us like linking arms and being like, okay, do your word Satan because I'm connected in Christ and we got this together. So can I just say, Liz, I love all that except for, I'm almost, what am I with that person? And no, I, I love it. I think the cool part is, is we don't have to wait. And that's why we're here, right? Is we're yeah. waiting for his return to link arms. We are doing oh, it no, now. We can't. Yeah. We can't. And so by doing it now, that strength comes. It, I deleted the scripture in my notes, ironically. But when Eve goes through her whole moment, the Lord says, he will have power to crush your heel, but you will have power to crush his head. I mean, like the power that Satan has over us feels so great. And yet with God, it's nothing. It's a bruise. And uh, when we're linked together, that power, I agree, it feels unstoppable as We've been going through hard things, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, and I think probably every freaking episode hasn't been hard. But like, as like I can't tell you how many times I thought, at least I'm talking with the ladies, I'm meeting with the ladies. I am not alone. I am with these women, and we will believe together, and we will pray together, and we will discuss the things of God together, and it will be okay. Oh, for sure. And I think going back to our original discussion about boxes, I think that's. One of Satan's tools is he wants us to keep us in boxes because that keeps us separated and that keeps us trapped. And it's easier for him to tempt us or to lead us astray or to confuse our everything. And so when we are connected and we unite with one another, his power to keep us in, like we're breaking down those boxes, right? And it's just, it's, there's just so much power in that quick story of breaking down those boxes. What started the Connected in Christ podcast was that I had a boxer group and I invited people who were spiritual and who I adored into this group who I knew well, who could like maybe be okay with breaking down boxes, right? So it was like one person at a time, very carefully, like, how would you feel? Is it going to be? It was like a little anxious and nerve wracking. But one of the quickest blessings that came out of it is in our church, it's heavily encouraged to go on a mission. And my middle guy was like, I don't know if I'm going. I don't know if I want to. He's like, I don't know if I believe everything. And I'm not going to go out there preaching something I don't know if I'm all in on. And this, to me, was heartbreaking because you raise your children in the tradition of your faith and you want them to do all the things. And so at that time, I mean, this it's funny how the Lord can transform you so completely in a short amount of time. But at this time, this is like three months ago, guys. I'm bawling about it constantly. <laughs> and I'm just like trying to understand why he wouldn't want to go serve the Lord and why he wouldn't want to do this. And did I not raise him with faith? And I'm processing all this and I'm heartbroken. 
And one of our good friends on this group, she said to me, she says, Bridgette, do you really think that if he doesn't do this, that his walk with God is done? Do you really believe that? And I am so thankful because she was not raised in my faith tradition because this wasn't like this pressure, you should do this thing, that she had that perspective to pull me out of tradition and say, hello, hello, where is his heart? Where is his heart? And this has really changed that. And I was so thankful because she yanked me out of my fear-based boxes and into a place where I could see him more completely and just love him where he's at. And she's right. He loves God. He loves God. And he has the sweetest heart and the most beautiful brain. And he is going to do amazing things in this world, regardless of his choices within this tradition. And I am so thankful for her perspective. We are stronger when we allow these different views into our life. And with that, who knows what he might do when he's in college? Who knows who he might minister or lead there as a mission, but in a different way. And again, we don't know if we keep living in those boxes and what we're used to, who knows what we're, we might be missing out on. Well, and to be fair to him, he even said the other day, he's like, I might still go. I don't know. Like, so I could have operated from this place of massive fear and ruined my relationship with my child. I could have. And then he would have, he would have walked further away from God because he would have been basing his opinion on, because our children take our cues about God from us. And so then he would have been basing, well, God, so you're saying God won't love me or God won't approve of me or God won't accept me. What did we talk about last episode, right? Like, am I less than now? Am I not worthy? That's where he would have been going if I had been acting from a place of fear. So yeah, boxes are dangerous. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Connected in Christ. We hope, we hope truly that you are allowing yourself to be so connected to God, to your Savior, Jesus Christ, that you are allowing those walls to be taken down. Because when you do that, that is truly where his miracles happen, is outside of the boxes. And that is our deepest desire for you as the listener, is that you have the miracles in your life, that you have the Savior in your heart, and that you are living by his word and way. Thank you for listening. As always, come to our Instagram, come to the YouTube, come to the LinkedIn, come to all the things because we want to talk with you. We want to know about the boxes that you've had in your life and that the miracles that you've experienced because you let go of them. We want to know of those connections you've had through Christ and how they've changed your life. We want to know you. So until we meet again, may the Lord be with you and may you know that we are all connected in Christ. Well, hello, hello, it's Bridgette again, and I just wanted to reach out to you because, well, we're called Connected in Christ, and we are connected because of Christ and through Christ, which means connection is key. We want to connect with you. Find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and email, all Connected in Christ podcast. And if you want to join our membership, just $4.99, you can join our private boxer group where we discuss the Bible and all the concepts we talked about in the episode. See you there.